Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore from WBEZ. Hi, my name is Lauren Chulton, and I cover Chicago City Hall for WBEZ. And that means I'm well suited to tackle this question from Juanita Ballark. She asks, why do aldermen always vote with the mayor? And to be clear, Juanita's not so sure that's a good thing. Think back to elementary school. Can you remember all those lessons about checks and balances and the different branches of government? The legislative branch, so the aldermen, are supposed to serve as a check on the executive. And the Chicago City Council was actually built to be a strong council, weak mayor system. But that's not really how it works. Well, except for the so-called council wars of the 1980s, but that's a story for another day. In Chicago, aldermen have a reputation for being rubber stamps on Mayor Rahm Emanuel's agenda. Here's a sampling of the kinds of things they say during city council meetings. I want to begin by commending the mayor for his leadership. And Mr. Mayor, like I said in the beginning, I'm voting yes. This is a courageous thing that you've done. I will be supporting this today. Thank you. But before we get into why this happens, we first need to tackle the always part of Juanita's question. Do aldermen really vote with the mayor every time? Well, so far, the aldermen don't always vote with the mayor. That's Dick Simpson. He was an alderman in the 1970s, and he's now a political science professor at the University of Illinois at Chicago. For years, Simpson has been studying the city council's voting records. And by his count, aldermen cast around 1,000 votes a year— And out of those 1,000 votes, there are only about 30 times, 30 times out of 1,000, where at least one alderman votes no. It is still safe to say that the Chicago City Council is a rubber stamp. In fact, Mayor Emanuel has never faced a majority of aldermen voting against one of his policies, ever. Simpson says this goes back to Mayor Richard J. Daley. It was the height of political patronage. Thousands of people got jobs with the city based on their political clout. In return, they'd help turn out the vote for the mayor's allies on the city council. And while patronage may mostly be a thing of the past, that rubber stamp culture Daly created, it still exists today. For example, Daly took away some of the aldermen's legislative powers, things like leading the budget process, and they never got those powers back. Simpson says it's still a big problem that in Chicago, the power continues to rest on the fifth floor of City Hall. All the people around the mayor say, oh, that's a great idea, Mr. Mayor. Oh, it can't be wrong. Well, in fact, they often are wrong. And you need to have the process of convincing a genuine city council that this is the best policy. And they force you to make changes which improve uh, the end result for the public. Okay, so now we know how often aldermen vote with the mayor. But to figure out why, I drop by Alderman Joe Moore's office. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Hey, Bob, you got my rubber stamp? (laughs) Moore is one of those aldermen who almost always votes with the mayor. But he says this whole rubber stamp idea doesn't capture what it's really like to be alderman. 
we are like executives. Uh, we're like mayors of our of our respective wards. And being a mini mayor comes with a lot of responsibilities. There are requests from constituents for sewer cleaning, tree trimming, block party permits, zoning changes, new developments, and on and on. Plus, most aldermen only have a small staff to help them tackle all these demands. Unlike other cities where aldermen have the time and resources to devote to really paying attention to citywide issues, the 50 aldermen in Chicago we have to pay more attention to the ward issues in order for us to ensure that um, uh, that we get reelected. So Alderman Moore says this has led to a tradition of aldermen generally voting for the mayor's citywide agenda. And in return, the mayor then defers to the aldermen on issues in their wards. OK, so now we know that most aldermen are more focused on their neighborhoods than legislating. But with any government body, there will always be disagreement. And while the end result in Chicago is a lot of yes votes, aldermen say another reason for that is disagreement often happens where the public can't see it. If the mayor doesn't like an ordinance someone else proposed, or if he doesn't think he has the votes for his own agenda, those things won't be called for a public vote. Walter Burnett Jr. is another alderman who's faced criticism for being a rubber stamp and voting with the mayor a lot. Because I think the stats are, you, you, I think you're pretty much 100% of the time. Well, I'm not. I don't, I don't know maybe if I'm... Maybe like 90. Maybe 90 is 90, 99%. He says people don't realize that Emanuel is very accessible and open to compromise. So if he disagrees with the mayor, he tells it to him straight, but in private. Matter of fact, I call him my Hebrew homie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? I mean, and we just play like that. One example. Burnett says when the mayor was thinking about closing some Chicago public schools, he called around to aldermen to ask for their support. And I said, what schools are you talking about? He said, uh, uh, Jenner and Maneer. I said, hell no, you're not going to put them together. Burnett grew up in that neighborhood, and those two schools have deep, deep gang rivalries. So he worried that putting them together would be a bloodbath. Parents in his neighborhood were so upset. He couldn't back the mayor on this. I kept riding them and riding them on it and riding them on it. Then, then finally, one day he calls me in. You know, he's like, all right, man, I'm going to give you what you want on, on uh, not putting those schools together. I'm like, thank you. On the flip side, aldermen can also be rewarded for being an ally of the mayor. He can appoint them to be committee chairs, which means more power and more staff. Emmanuel is also known as a prolific fundraiser, and he's helped fund some aldermen's re-election campaigns. But for the aldermen who disagree with Emmanuel, they often get money spent against them. Last election, a pro-Emanuel Super PAC funded attacks against certain aldermen like Scott Wagesback. I am just happen to be one of those who doesn't feel that um, you have to vote with the mayor all the time to get things done. Wagesback thinks most of his colleagues vote for what the mayor wants because they're afraid of the consequences. Even some of his constituents worry that they'll be punished because Wagesback doesn't agree with the mayor. Like one recent spring when the potholes were even worse than usual. And people were like, if you would stop voting against the mayor, we'd get these potholes filled. And I was kind of like, well, we only got like a few dozen in the ward. And the people who vote with the mayor 100 percent of the time, you know, some of their wards look like the moon. So Wagesback says some of this fear is irrational. His ward still gets its garbage picked up. And despite the spending against him, Wagesback ended up winning re-election. Mayor Emanuel, meanwhile, was forced into a runoff. And because of recent controversies, including police misconduct, he's been much weaker politically than in his first term. 
Dick Simpson has been watching all this very closely. He says a few more aldermen have started to stand up against Emanuel this term. It's a small change, but it's there. We seem to be inching slowly towards being a representative democracy, and I think we should try it in Chicago and see if it works. But while he may have to twist a few extra arms to get there, Mayor Emanuel still has a lot of power over the city council. Reporting for this story comes from me, Lauren Shulgin, and support comes from the Conan Family Foundation. audio trick in this we could do but it's kind of a little bit too late like as if you were to keep reading the list whoa that would be really funny like i could keep coming i could keep new developments i could come up with more can you you want to try it just to see yeah you could do it um i'm gonna do the list i'm just gonna keep it going and being a mini mayor comes with a lot of responsibilities there are requests from constituents for sewer cleaning, tree trimming, block party permits, zoning changes, new developments, trash pickup, recycling bins, streetlights that go out, graffiti cleanup, mural permits, church parking, sidewalk cafe permits, loading zones, senior refunds, and ward nights. To name a few. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Line takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Line wherever you get your podcasts. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times, you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown.